Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The World Cup is upon us, ladies and gentlemen. We are four weeks away from the largest spectacle in all of sport. And we've been talking about it for years at this point. And it's so interesting once we've gotten to this point in the cycle, we can reflect on kind of our expectations that we had coming in with this group and kind of where we are right now. Because at the very beginning of this cycle, we looked at these players, Christian Pulisic, Tyler Adams, Weston McKinney, and the teams that they played for, some of the biggest clubs in the world. And and we circled the 2022 World Cup and said, this is going to be a big one. This is going to be the World Cup that brings American soccer from kind of a a niche sport in this country to really the mainstream. We'll fast forward a few years. The World Cup is upon us. And all of a sudden, things are looking a little bit weird. I mean, we got this World Cup in the fall. We got all these other things going on in the country with football and basketball and uh, Major League Baseball playoffs and, and and holidays and just all kinds of other things. We got this very problematic World Cup going on in Qatar that a lot of people are not comfortable with and to make matters all that much more worse. We've got a team that isn't quite living up to the expectations that we set for them so long ago, whether that's uh, because of issues with the coaching, issues with the players at their clubs, uh, issues where players have had to go to different clubs. So today on the show, we're going to ask the question, is this the most important World Cup in American soccer history for the growth of the game in this country? And we're going to come at it from a few different ways. In order to do so, we are bringing on Vince from the Scuffed Podcast, which I'm really excited about. We're bringing in producer Brad, of course, all that and more on this episode of the Yank Report. What's up? My name is Sam. This is the Yank Report, the show about all things American soccer. If you're into that, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button. If you really want to support the channel, you can absolutely become a member. Guys, this is a live show. We've got the comment section going. So if you want to get in on the discussion, make sure that you leave a comment. You can also leave a comment afterwards. I'll definitely go through and read those as well. Now, before we jump in, before we bring in Vince and the and Brad and really get this thing going, I want to take a minute to hear a word from this week's sponsor. Football is back and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all wagering info, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to BetOnline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. And we're back, and, and let's kick off the show by introducing first our guest. He is one of the contributors to the Scuffed More Monday Review Show. He is Vince. Vince, thank you so much for coming on the show. Hey, man, thank you for having me. It's an Vince, honor. It's an honor. I, I want to talk to you about uh, the Monday Review Show and, and, and especially sort of uh, the growth of Watke, how, how he's kind of like uh, risen from just uh, this niche American soccer guy to all of a sudden, like he's with the Men and Blazers show. Greg Berhalter's talking about him on press conferences. What is it like working with him week in and week out and seeing him kind of explode across American soccer? Well, it's, it's kind of something we all knew was, was coming, right? Like as soon as like the video started coming out from him, uh, it, it just kind of seemed like that was he was going to be on a collision course. And as we all know, you know, this um, American soccer sphere that we're in isn't big at all. So as as soon as you saw the traction that Waki was getting, 
you you knew that it was it, it, it was going and so like you know working with them it's just a, just a great time man we had like instant chemistry you know what i'm saying uh and it's just you know it's fun every monday absolutely man really enjoy the show we've had bells on before he's a great time brad how are you doing this week i'm good i'm good coming off of three hopeful USMNT player performances in the Champions League. So I'm feeling okay. Hopefully, Serginho Dest's injury is just a little bit of a knock. But, and we're not going to talk about Christian, whatever the heck happened right before he got subbed off. But I'm feeling good. Those were three performances. Gio came out healthy. I'm ready to go. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, sure. So let's jump into the show. And as I kind of mentioned in the monologue, uh, we're looking at this World Cup from, from a lot of different perspectives. And at the start of the uh, cycle, everybody looked at these players, the teams they were playing for, what their potential could possibly be, and said that this 2022 World Cup could be uh, the World Cup that really, uh, to steal a phrase from, uh, from Greg Berhalter, the, the, the World Cup that changes the way the world views American soccer. And maybe more importantly, changes the way that America views American soccer. Uh, and as we're only a few weeks out, it seems like a, a lot's changed in, in the discourse and in the perspective. Uh, so let me start with Vince. Vince, we've had the 1994 World Cup, which was the massive World Cup that kind of kicked off MLS and, and, and kicked it off in, uh, in this country. We've had the 2002 World Cup, where the U.S. actually made it to the quarterfinals. 2010, where Landon Donovan had his magical goal. Uh, 2014, uh, Jermaine Jones had a magical goal. The U.S. was just in touching distance of uh, the quarterfinal run. Uh, what do you think about this 2022 World Cup? Is this a, a, the most important World Cup right now at, at this period in American soccer? Um, I would say yes and no. Kind of like every World Cup is just a huge opportunity. They're the, the, the biggest opportunity possible, man, just to get this team in front of in, in front of the, the country. You know, we go through qualifying. We're in this echo chamber the whole time. And, uh, you know, the World Cup is the one time where the doors open. Everyone's in there. Uh, everyone's watching. And so I think I, I think it's kind of safe to say that, like, every single World Cup that comes in has the opportunity to be the most important World Cup ever. And with this, and the one thing for me um, is just the idea of, like, <sighs> soccer hasn't really permeated uh, black culture the, the, way, the way that I think it can. And so when we see the amount of diversity on this team when, when America sees it, I, I think that's going to really be a watershed moment. Yeah. I want to get into sort of the, the, the pop culture and sort of the celebrity of the American soccer players in a second. Uh, before we do that, Brad, um, American soccer is at a really interesting point right now. Um, we've seen the growth of MLS to a massive extent. And beyond that, we've seen the American soccer audience has grown exponentially. Uh, people are watching the Premier League. They're watching the Champions League. They're watching Liga Amekis, Syria, all these great European leagues. It seems like soccer, soccer just recently passed up, what was it, uh, hockey as the fourth most popular sport in this, in this country. It, it seems like this World Cup is really poised at a time where th there could be a catalyst where, where this sport can explode in this country. Uh, do you think that this World Cup could be that moment for American soccer? Possibly. Um, and uh, I've seen research that uh, on nationally televised games for 
um, big games that we would probably call marquee games. Uh, it outrates hockey, it outrates baseball, and it's not quite to basketball yet. Basketball and football really have a sizable advantage, but it really has uh, kind of crossed that threshold. There was a video uh, last year of a bunch of college kids in uh, a lecture, and they all have the Champions League oh, game yeah. on Paramount yeah, yeah. Plus going around. So, yes, soccer has arrived in America, and I think one of the big things uh, that has led it to this point is – the TV contracts um, are there now. I mean, I remember when we were growing up that, you know, there were, I, I could not tell you who had the uh, Champions League rights before uh, Turner had it and gave it to CBS. I couldn't tell you where I could have watched uh, the Premier League until I saw the original Ted Lasso uh, ads for NBC Sports that they did. Yeah. So that was a big step um but the world cup does provide this opportunity that is really unique because there is this narrative especially coming off the failure that was 2018 there is this narrative i mean i'm thinking about uh inside the nba when they gave uh the jerseys after <laughs> turner struck a deal uh with with the u.s men's national team uh, the u.s soccer in general and sir charles said the women are great. The men suck. There yeah. is that narrative. There really is that narrative. But there kind of has been this switch among soccer fans in the United States, not so much just the casual sports fans. We have seen the level of play increase exponentially because of where our guys are playing now. Now, most people will have heard of Christian Pulisic. They will have heard of maybe a few guys. But this is a chance for them, especially if it can break into this really condensed schedule that because of the interesting time that this World Cup is being played in, if they can make headlines during that schedule, it really does present a great opportunity to springboard soccer into the home of the everyday American, especially on the men's side. Our women kick ass. We know that. Um, but from a men's perspective, this could be a really great springboard. And I think the date everybody has circled is Black Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, you bring up a few really interesting points. So I'll bring it back to Vince with this. Um, he, Brad mentioned the women's national team. And I think if we think about celebrity in this country and we think about celebrity soccer players, I mean, there's Christian Pulisic to an extent, but I think. Uh, Alex Morgan, Megan Rapinoe, like some of the big uh, oh, yeah. female soccer players have really mm. overshadowed the men whenever it comes to being relevant. Household names. Yeah, household For names, sure. pop culture. Do you think that there's guys on this team that, that can enter that in this World Cup? And, and what does that mean? What, it, how important is it to have a true um, American soccer celebrity in this country? Um, do we, number one, do we have people to do it? Absolutely. Like Weston McKinney, we we all know how just electric of a person he is. Number one, um, Tim Weah, just being possibly you know the coolest man on the planet. Um, I mean, there he just, doesn't have a GQ spread after this World Cup. We have failed. right, right. It's, <laughs> it's, the fact it's that the GQ the spreads are wasted on Christian Pulisic is the biggest crime. But anyway, go on. But yeah, we we definitely have the the star power, man, to do it, and that's why like I'm just. So excited for for what the possibility is, because like like uh, like you were saying, bro, um, we have the soccer fans in the country in this mm -hmm. country. It's about conversion. It's about conversion. I mean, we all know 
you know, people that are Premier League, Serie A fans, blah, 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 that won't give the national team the time of day because of that narrative that you were talking about, that, that we stink. Um, but as far as as far as characters, man, yeah, we we got them. Like, uh, if we put, if we, you know, if we, if Weston does his thing in this World Cup um, and we give him that platform to to be that guy, he can definitely be that guy that has house, household name recognition um, across the country. And what it would do, um, it would just be huge. Like, for me, so... I really became like a true, true um, U.S. men's national team sicko in like 2018, right? And I always, I always watched the games before, um, but I wasn't like too into it. And like I knew who Landon Donovan was, I knew who Clint Dempsey was, but they never like really grabbed me and like really, you know, they, they, they just their personalities weren't like convincing in that way. And Clint was on the field, but not necessarily like you know off the field or whatever. And so. Uh, you know, and I keep bringing up Weston, but since we we have a guy like Weston, man, like he he's captivating on the field and off the field. We already know the type of person he is. So yeah, I think in those two realms he can deliver. You mentioned um, the necessity for uh, soccer to start permeating like black culture and and um, some of the minorities in the United States. I think soccer has traditionally been looked at as like a white sport within the United States, even though that's not necessarily true all over the world. Um, I mean, there's several huge uh, black stars in the world of soccer. Uh, sure. th- does this team have the opportunity to uh, to penetrate that market and, and to get soccer to grow? Um, I, I guess in hip hop culture and, and and some of the other uh, the the pop culture that we have in this country. Yes, yes, just uh, without a doubt, just because of you know, like I said, the players that we have, man. I mean. Like that that was probably one of the biggest reasons why I'm here. You know what I'm saying? It's just when I checked back into the national team after um not qualifying for the World Cup and everything, I saw the kids that were coming up. And I'm like, hold on, these these kids are black? Like I was just it, it really threw me off. <laughs> I wouldn't expect it. Uh Weston McKinney was really the one that got me. I was like, uh, you know, heard the name Weston McKinney, then I actually saw him. I was like, Oh, whoa, okay. And you know, it's just kind of gone from there. But yes, like these are you know, it's just, uh, you know, we talk about representation and all that stuff. Uh, it's just that having representation. And if we if we have it, um, then then you'll see it. You'll see it take off. But what we have to do is succeed and captivate the nation before so we can get these players in front of, you know, the, the eyeballs. Brad, let me ask you, what do you think that um, what, what would it look like post World Cup to how will we know if. if American soccer players have really crossed over into pop culture. What do we need to look for to see that these guys have become true stars that they aren't right now? So I'll never forget what made, to borrow Vince's term, uh, me a USMNT sicko. And it was Landon's goal in 2010 against Algeria. That moment was just a watershed sports center moment it needs to be that needed to be capitalized on and it needed to be capitalized on by having Landon Donovan have his own razor commercial, have, have yeah. something be yeah. on a billboard somewhere. This guy needs to be thrown. You, you had, you had that moment. You have been begging for that uh, moment for the U S men's national team on the, on the biggest stage to have that where you can point to it. You can, um, you know, 
it's gone viral on Twitter. It's, right. you know, everything like that. Now you take that guy and you put him, you, you make him unmissable in a marketing sense. I mean, yeah. I, I'm, I'm really hopeful that we have a moment like that. And it, since we're talking about Weston, let's use Weston. Weston uses his noggin and uh, bangs home a header that sends us to the knockout round four, maybe sends us to the round of eight, fingers crossed. He needs to have subway commercials. He needs to have a Gillette endorsement, everything like that. Because if you can't miss him, then it's going to keep growing. Then you're going to have people buying you Ventus shirts. I mean, there are talks about him transferring to the Premier League. I don't care. It's going to be great. He's going to be a personality anywhere that he goes. And that personality is what you need to capitalize on. Yes, Landon Donovan didn't really have that gravitas, didn't really have the kind of look at me kind of thing that um, – that Weston does. Weston, Weston likes the big stage. Weston likes having the camera point at him. It's, it's obvious. And he, he's good. He's good at it. I mean, he's a character. <laughs> I mean, everybody knows that clip when I think someone, I think he had just arrived at Juventus and the reporter asked him a question in Italian and he goes, <laughs> everybody, everybody loves that because he's that funny. He's that kind of guy. He needs to be thrown. I mean, I love Christian. I love watching Christian play. I, I think he is going to be a great player in a, in a very big focal point. Christian hates doing media shit. He, he does not like it. and He's not very good at it. Okay, great. Do your talking on the pitch. Weston, Tim Weah, Tyler Adams. Um, Gio doesn't really have that yet. Um, but I can't remember a U.S. men's national team player really featuring in a commercial. I mean, there was Tim Howard in that Nike commercial, but he was one of many, um, the one where he turned into the Hulk and he was wearing the green kit. It was before the Brazil or World Cup, I think it was. Um, but other than that, where have we seen these guys in the public eye other than on the field? And it needs to be more than just on the field. Yeah, there's been Americans featured in ads before, but it generally tends to be like soccer-related ads that you'll see during soccer games, uh, like Christian Pulisic's in a few ads right now. Uh, what we're talking about is that real crossover where, you know, it's, it's the same type of ads that you would see like uh, Peyton Manning or Drew Brees or, I don't know, um, Aaron Rodgers. We need we need one of these guys selling State Farm insurance. I feel like Tyler mm. Adams could be selling State Farm insurance <laughs> right now. Uh, that wouldn't be out of the question at all. Yeah, I think best case scenario for me would be Weston McKinney having a huge moment and Ricardo Pepe having a huge moment. I mean, we haven't talked mm -hmm. about the uh, the Mexican audience in, in, in this country and what that would mean. If he if he mm -hmm. somehow has a huge World Cup, Ricardo Pepe, I mean, that would be massive uh, to, to win some of those Mexican-American fans that we know is, is I think, the biggest uh, soccer fan base, I, I think, by demographic. I think I um, – Heard that recently. Liga, I, I Liga, Liga, Liga MX, uh, MX is, uh, is the highest rated. Those games rate the highest in the United right. States, mm -hmm. like by far. So let me uh, start out here. Uh, Vince, which American soccer player do you think is most likely to date a celebrity after the World Cup? Uh, so I've, I've thought about this quite a bit. Um, and I'm going to say Brendan Aronson. Oh. I'm, I'm, I'm a... I'm a well, you know what? He has a girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, he's pretty wiped up, I'm pretty he, sure. He, he is wiped up, now that I think about it. Um, oh, just make your case. You still. Uh, he just seems like that dude. You could see Brendan, uh, you know, I guess it's like the uh, the, the Timothy uh, Sh Chamolet vibes. Timothy, and, yeah, that's and, what uh, Raj calls him. Right, right, right. From, so, from Men of Blazers. 
you could just see that man on a red carpet, you know what I'm saying? Accompanying accompanying somebody to, you know, the Oscars or whatnot. Um, like I feel like I could I could see that. Um Weston feels like too obvious of a of an answer. I don't I don't know. I I just don't see it happening. He's a, got a little bit too much going on. You have to have a little bit of Weston's not gonna be in the shadow of anybody. Mm-mm. You know what I'm saying? If you're dating a real celebrity. Like you're gonna have to take the back seat a little bit, and I can't. I just can't see Weston doing it, and Pulley just. I don't. No, 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 no Pulisic. <laughs> I, I, I think, Harris, I think that's an my, interesting answer. I didn't think about that at all. I think the U.S. Musa shout is not a bad. I could see him dating someone like huge, but keeping it quiet. Eunice hmm. is is like 18, so that's yeah. I don't know how. Yeah, Brad, let, let's get. Let's. Who do you think is the most likely to date a celebrity following the World Cup? Oh my gosh. Um, hmm. I feel like there might be some shockers. Um, I think Weston is, is way too easy. I think, I think, I think we, that's kind of our free space on our bingo card there. Right. 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 Um, <laughs> um, hmm. maybe geo, if geo shows out, maybe he, I feel like he could do you remember it was a few years ago. Katy Perry was the guest picker on college game day and she called out Brock Purdy. I could see Gio having a big moment and someone, some celebrity on a late night show being like, that Gio Reyna, you know, he's cool. I just, uh, I can't see Gio going to a party without wearing, like having a wrinkled shirt. Like I feel like all of Gio's clothes are wrinkled and, and I don't see him. I, then again, he did wear that, uh, that, uh, high end fashion sweater to uh, the U.S. soccer camp. Oh, that, right, right, right. I mean, yeah. that, who knows? I, I I don't know. For me, I feel like the answer is clearly Tim Weah. I feel like he's got the pedigree. Uh, his, his dad's the president of Liberia. He comes in already, kind of like that that rich kid vibe. So I think he'd fit in well with that. I, I feel like he could easily pop up on like the Kardashians or something like that, dating one of the Jenner sisters or something. I feel like he would fit in super well in that world and and it, it that i think he's the first ballot for me i could see hmm. it i could see it for sure i could absolutely see it yeah you know what he now that i think about it he was courtside at a bunch of knicks games mm. i could definitely see him yeah no, you know, that's not the- a bad shout if we're talking about the coolest players on the team, I, I think it. I think like Weya and Yedlin are a little bit ahead of everybody else, and I feel like uh, of Weya and Yedlin, I, I feel like Weya just has uh, a worldliness about him. Just you know, kind of growing up, sort of. He's Liberian. He he, he has a lot. He, he spent a lot of time in France. Uh, spent a lot of time in the U.S. And he just seems a very cultured individual. Um, and, and is also pulling down a, a pretty nice paycheck over there in France. And his dad is a celebrity and he just got it all going yeah, on. I want a ball and door. And to end, I think he's like the one single guy that we've named on. Yeah. I was <laughs> going to say, I think Yedlin's pretty cool. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure Gio has a girl. Uh, Yedlin. Uh, yes, yeah. For sure. Yedlin's married. Um, and yeah. So Tim, I think is the one single person we've named. <laughs> yeah, and uh, people are pointing out that Sebastian Legette is legitimately dating a celebrity right now. So I guess that's – I don't think he's going to make the World Cup squad, but I guess that's something to be said. Oh, sir. Please no. I mean – Can't do it. 
Legit has just he, he, even while he was a, a national team player, he just I, I don't know if it's because Becky G is just not as big in uh, I, I guess American culture as she is in like Mexican culture or whatever. But he never really got the respect he deserved for uh, dating a legitimate pop star at the top of her game. Uh, but I guess that's neither here here nor there. Uh, let's move on to the next topic I want to discuss, and that is some of the opponents that the U.S. is going to face in the World Cup. Now, uh, coming into this discussion, and I think coming into the last few weeks, the, it feels like people have been a little bit more down on this squad than at any point throughout uh, World Cup qualifying and beyond. Uh, that the, the way we played in the last window was just not very exciting at all and doesn't fill us all with much confidence. However, as we get closer to the World Cup, Whenever you look at the squads that we're facing, I mean, we'll put England aside for right now. This Iranian national team, if you've kept caught up with some of the news with them, I mean, there are people petitioning for this squad to be removed from the tournament because of some of the stuff going on within the country. There's a lot of unrest within the country. I won't get into all of it, but uh, they're, they're the treatment of women in the country and sort of rebellion to the government. There's a lot of questions being asked of the national team as to whether or not they support the government or they support the people. Is this an instrument? Is, is this national team an instrument of the government or are they an instrument of the people? A lot of political discussions going on. I'm not going to ask you guys to comment on the political discussions going on with the Iranian national team, but just understand that they're coming in with a ton of turmoil. I think a lot more than than we've experienced at all throughout uh, throughout this entire cycle and then we look at Wales and, and you know whatever the U.S. pulled Wales as one of the members of the group the big thing that we all worried about was Gareth Bale how is Gareth Bale going to eat up our defense um, our, our center backs who are not the strength of this team how are they going to fare against one of the world's best attackers uh, and Gareth Bale has since then moved to MLS and just hasn't really played much at all uh, he's been a fixture on the bench for LAFC, hasn't featured much in the playoffs, and does not seem like someone who is really um, someone you should fear uh, if, if you're a national team facing uh, uh, Gareth Bale as the biggest danger man. So let me start with Brad on this question. Brad, understanding the issues that the U.S. has and that we're coming in with and all the baggage that we're carrying right now, uh, how has you know the way that things have played out with some of our opponents affected your expectations as we head into this tournament? Well, I think a lot about how um, I wish we had a longer run-up to this tournament because I think we can uh, – Gareth Bale was off Nice. Um, I, th I think that would have really helped our guy. I mean, obviously it would have helped our guys a lot because they're younger and give them a little bit more time to kind of gel. But I think, I don't know. I think the short run up will play into our advantage because once you get into that group and you can kind of shut out all the noise, um, there's noise coming in from a lot of places. And, and honestly, it's making me think of, uh, England more, uh, just as much as it is Wales and Iran because, England is coming off of some bad results as well. And they are constantly hounded by the press in their country. I mean, just from week to week, whether it's not, uh, whether it's, you know, club form or national team form. I mean, every single Premier League game, if Gareth Bale is within shouting distance, they'll shove a camera in his face and say, hey, those results against Hungary, you lost to him twice. How is this going to affect us come World Cup time? These that's not going to be far from these guys' minds, and um, I think with in, in regards to Wales, uh, I think uh, Wales is actually one of the teams I'm the most worried about. Um, 
because I think I, I just have that image in my head of the Welsh team with Gareth Bale with the flag that they had and it had sewn onto it, Wales golf uh, and Wales golf and something else in that order. And that just makes me think of that. And I'm just like, Oh gosh, he, he, he turns into a superhero when he puts on the, the green dragon shirt. He does. And that's the one thing that actually scares me the most. And I just think that honestly, I think our world cup fate could be decided in the first 45 minutes of this tournament. I really do. Yeah, I mean, how you fare in your first game of the World Cup does make a huge impact on whether or not you get out of the group. If you lose that first game, historically, it's very difficult to get out of that group. Vince, I'll put the question to you. Uh, the U.S. is, is I mean, had, did not look too hot in its last two friendlies. However, two of these opponents that we're going up against uh, are, are going through some things right now. And then there's this England squad that is just always FC Hollywood. They're always got issues going on with their squad. Um, and, and for whatever reason, I guess as Americans, like we always feel like we have a shot against England. I don't know why. They're the one super team that the, the U.S. just feels like we can beat these guys. How are you feeling going into this tournament? I'm uh, feeling good. I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling good. Uh, maybe it's just, you know, the eternal optimist in me and just the faith that I have in these boys that I just think once we're there, we're going to, we're going to turn it up. Um, now, is there true evidence for to, to, to back my claims? Uh, probably not. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But uh, for me, uh, when we were uh, announced with Wales, I go back and I looked at their past their past matches, and if you look at who they've actually beaten, it's not many teams. Not not uh, they beat Ukraine right to advance to the to the World Cup, and they've beaten Austria, and that's about it as far as like name team. They, you know they've beaten Estonia, Belarus, things like that, and so their their resume isn't any more impressive than ours, really. When I look at it, so I mean they do have Gareth, you know what I'm saying, and they 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 got some more guys too. They got some guys that'll be threats like Brennan Johnson for Nottingham Forest is a a quick guy um, who's gonna give us some some problems probably. Uh, Dan James, you know where we should be familiar with him from from Leeds. Uh, he's not that good, but he can run. He is fast, and you know they they do set up a very stout block. Um, that's hard to penetrate. I don't know if y'all watched that uh, Wales Poland match from the last window, but it took it took Poland a long time to break through, and it took basically a, a moment of class from uh, from Lewandowski to for them to score, and they won the match one nil. But we we don't have Robert Lewandowski, <laughs> so but and Iran, yes, they're going through some things politically, but they got a guy. Uh, I don't know if y'all been checking, uh, keeping up with uh, Medi Taremi. Reporto just had a brace today against Bruges. Um, hell of a striker. Hell of a striker. Pro pro possibly a guy that could be the best player on the field when we play them. So I say all that to say they were still getting out the group, baby. I don't know <laughs> about any. <laughs> yeah, Tarimi's terrifying. Tarimi's one of those guys. I, I saw some stats from him today. He's one of those guys that has like 100 goals and 100 matches or something like that. He yeah. has been um, an absolute scoring machine for Porto and his strike partner, who I I think is injured right now. I can't I can't recall. Um, um, it, it might be the guy from a uh, 
Leverkusen, I think. Yeah, yeah, he's the guy. I forget his name, but he mm-hmm. is. I mean, their their top two players are probably their two strikers, and and they are the guys. I think I saw a stat that they've accounted for like twelve of Iran's last eighteen goals or something like that. They're a very top heavy team. They're going to play in a low block, and they're going to look to uh, get honest with their top two guys uh, who who have been very efficient, and that's very scary considering. That's the same sort of setup that we had against Canada, and we really struggled with that. Now, those guys aren't speed merchants the way that uh, the Canadian front line can be, uh, but it's still you know, a, a well-disciplined team um, that is, is, uh, has a lot of experience and, and has some strikers up top who can score goals. I mean, that, that's, a, that, that's a recipe for disaster. It looks like uh, BMR here said, gave us his name sadar Osman. yeah, yeah he's a um he's a player they also got a pretty good center back i forget that guy's name as well uh but but vince i, I want to know specifically when it comes to gareth bale are, are you afraid of gareth bale right now no uh <laughs> just because i <laughs> uh this is it, i always just kind of have this um I, like i don't fear anybody you know when i'm when i'm i mean not, not that i'm playing in the game or anything but i'm just not gonna lose sleep over anybody that I guess isn't messy. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we can we can pocket anybody on on a day. And I, I feel like most of the time when you see these Gareth Bell's like wonder moments, you know what I'm saying? It's him lining up a shot from 20, 25 yards or something uh, and just banging it in. So it's like, yo, let's, let's try and keep our uh, fouls to a minimum and dangerous free kick areas and just uh, don't let that man breathe. And I think we should be okay. He's not pulling anything out as far as like the old Gareth Bell, as far as going on a crazy run, just incredible running out, running out of bounds for te- for thirty yards, and then right, right, back yes, in. yes, yes. <laughs> doing crazy. <laughs> yeah, he's not doing that anymore. He's not doing that anymore. Um, so I, uh, we should be able to keep him in check. You know that this could be a famous last words type situation, but I think our chances are good. Against I, love, I love this comment from BMR209. If we build a golf course close to the Wales home base in Guitar, do you think that Bale will forget about the World <laughs> Cup? <laughs> I'll be honest, guys. I don't, I, I've never really looked into uh, Gareth Bale and his love for golf. I, I don't really know that much about it. Mike Irish is in the chat. He probably knows a little something about this. He's a big golfer. Uh, but I, I'm very well aware of the meme, and it is one of my favorite memes in all of soccer, that Gareth Bale is this big golfer and he cares more about golf than soccer. I appreciate that. And I do remember the flag that it said, like, golf, Wales, and Real Madrid in that order. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, let's, let's wrap this segment up with Brad. What are you worried about from these teams, specifically Wales and Iran? Do you think that these are two victories for the U.S.? I think they should be. And I think uh, if we get a few chances early and get that confidence, get that swagger, I think our guys are very big momentum vibe guys. I think if we get a good feeling early, I think we'll, we'll be fine. Um, the one thing I worry about as Wales with Wales is uh, a Gareth Bale wonder strike. Like it, like happened against Ukraine, put him through. Uh, I think it did take a deflection, though. But they're, I mean, those special players do have special moments in them. Um, I, I worry about breaking Iran down in a low block because we saw that against Saudi Arabia, and we had issues with that. And that's those are the those are the two main things that scare me. With it, against England, 
go for it. Lose 5-0, win 4-2, who cares? Just go for it. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I do I do think uh, some of Greg's comments have been interesting about uh, um, focusing. Um, they Somebody asked him something to the effect of, like, were you game planning for Japan and Saudi Arabia? Or And he said something to the effect of, like, we've been focusing on our opponents for the World Cup. So that makes me think that there is a clear laid out plan for Wales. And if, if we can pull off that game plan and get a, get a win, I think we're going to be fine and get off get out of the group. Yeah. Weston McKinney was asked a question, I believe about Japan. And his answer was like, I haven't watched any film on Japan. I don't really know anything about him. And it was like the day before the game. Uh, Maybe next time Wes just lie or like, don't. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, uh, So that was that uh, Weston and Tyler, uh, yeah. press conference that they had where they were just laughing and having a ball before we gave the ball away a million yeah. times before they absolutely got trucked all yeah. right guys i want to move <laughs> on to our last topic of the day and that is that there seems to be a new nemesis emerging in the world of american soccer and that is a cbs correspondent uh and former i believe he won the ballon d'or if not he should have during his tenure uh thierry Henry, one of the greatest strikers of his generation uh one of the the great strikers for arsenal and then he had uh moved on to barcelona finished up his career um in mls uh and and lately he's been he's been taking some shots at some americans man i mean a a few months ago there was the moment where he was discussing christian Pulisic, and he mentioned that he's a he's a um he's a great player in transition but can he do it against a low block um there was the moment where uh, they were talking about Christian Pulisic, and he said uh, he's got to show it to us on the field. I don't care about all this other stuff. All I care about is what he's doing on the field. Uh, recently, there was Christian Pulisic's uh, assist, and he said, uh, that's not an assist for me. Uh, <laughs> just a wonderful moment there from Thierry Henry. And then I think the coup de grace was whenever he was asked about the uh, the upcoming U.S. squad with all this young talent and he had Moa Du and a few of the other um, former national team players next to him, and he said, I think the generation to my left was better, referencing, I, I think, the 2010 generation, maybe 2014. I can't recall who exactly it was. Uh, but what do we make of all this smoke that Thierry Henry keeps sending to the U.S. men's national team events? Let's start with you. All right. <clears throat> so I, I'm, 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 I was with him on a few things, like the, like the Pulisic stuff, where he was like, you know, Basically, what he was saying was, no, no matter the situation, you got to get yourself out of it. You know, like no amount of crying or whining is gonna is gonna help you. You just got to produce. And basically, like I'm 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 with him on that one. But but yeah, yesterday he he jumped the shark for me, man. He jumped the shark because number one, uh, yes, he said like Mo and Do Mo and Do and them were were better than this current generation. And he added the the thing that got me is he added that they were mentally tougher. And I was like, man, like. For, for what? How? Why? Like, where, where is this coming from? These are, you know, we got young kids leaving America at 16, 17, 18, going over, going to big clubs, fighting for spots every day and winning spots, winning starts, you know what I'm saying? Winning caps in the Champions League, scoring goals in the Champions League. And you're going to take a shot at their mental toughness. Like, you don't succeed or survive or even last on the team more than one season at a big club if you're not mentally tough. So it's things like that that really get me when people pull out words like soft and talk about mental toughness and all that. I'm just like, man, 
for what you know you use uh, use anything else but but that but that stuff really gets me so Brian, yeah, yeah. oh i'm sorry keep going oh, Vince. I'll, I'll just uh i'm an arsenal fan you know and you know tt is a he's a legend um but but yeah watch your mouth bro watch your mouth <laughs> brad let's ask you does Thierry Henry hate america well, I just uh, I just think of Coach Beard that one night, the night out with Coach Beard episode of Ted Lasso. Screw you, Thierry Henry. I've been thinking that to myself all week after hearing him say that, say what he said. Um, listen, TT's a legend. I mean, he's one of the best to ever do it. But when you're on TV, you're 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 paid to get eyeballs on you, and it, it doesn't hurt when you're on an American network to say outlandish things against America because there's no such thing as bad press, and eyeballs are going to come if you say nice things or if you say mean things. And as we all probably know, having been in the internet game a little bit, the mean things get a lot more clicks. And uh, I'm not saying that's his motivation. I'm saying it's something that could possibly be paying playing a role um in regards to the mental toughness i mean there was i mean and we've talked about it the uh the you don't know where i'm from dog of clint dempsey the the i mean my my favorite gift to send to people when i'm mad at them is him against jamaica <laughs> and Columbus. So, yeah, yeah i love that and i love that and i think this team absolutely has that I just think it's not as focused as it could be because these guys are so young. It's kind of coming from a bunch of different places. And we've talked about this. They do need that uh, kind of uh, older dude to kind of uh, circle the wagons around them. And, and that's what I have to say about that. Mental toughness. These guys are tough. I mean, Joe Scally and Gio Renner jump and ship. Maybe not Gio. Gio's, Gio's been built for this. He was, designed for this um but think about tyler you know score going up big in his debut against chelsea in a friendly when he was what 15 16 years old and scoring a header i mean and then making the jump to leipzig then coming over to leeds and and just not missing a beat weston who who everyone was saying oh i mean he was even asked about it in his introduction to prep conference at ubay oh you're, you're a marketing signing Oh, you're this, you're that. And then he works his way into the starting level. He scores big goals and big moments. If that's not mental toughness, I don't know what is. So I don't really know what to say to him at that point. And the whole Pulisic stuff, free yourself thing, because free Pulisic, yes and no. I I think there's a whole different wrinkle in there with the American ownership being there and him being a – I know we said about marketing signing with Wesson. Todd Bowles is not going to give away his biggest American asset. I mean, that was definitely played a – role in his uh transfer saga but these guys definitely are mentally tough and for Cooley for sticking it out and, and and working his way in yes his assist did count i mean he sucked it i was thinking about this that goal did not go in because of him but without him that that goal does not happen if, if sure. that makes sense for sure um yes it was a, it was an absolute wonder strike but he sucked in four defenders that gave yeah. kai havers the space to be able to make that shot mm-hmm. um so for stuff like that, I chalk that up to, you know, you're on TV, you got to say stuff. Um, but uh, I don't think he hates Americans. I think he's just becoming a very, very good TV pundit. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, if you watch Christian Pulisic, I mean, part of what makes him great is he's he's kind of a merchant of chaos. I mean, he gets the ball and he drives towards defenders and, and things happen. Sometimes he's able to beat those defenders and get a shot off or, or whatever. But even if he loses the ball in that area, it can still lead to goals. Even if his, his cross doesn't meet other people's feet, it can still lead to things happening. He just unbalances players uh, with his ability to dribble. And I think we saw that on that assist uh, where he penetrated, um, he sucked in four players, and he was able to make that square ball where it gave Kai Havertz, because the center back had stepped towards Pulisic, it gave Kai Havertz that extra foot that he needed in order to put the yep. ball in the back of the net. I mean, it was an incredible shot from Kai Havertz, but that's that's sort of what, uh, what, what Christian Pulisic does and what he brings to the table. Whenever he's at his best, that's what he's able to do. But I, I do love those moments where – uh, the, the 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 group, the panel on CBS or Paramount Plus is talking about the Champions League and talking about Mbappe and talking about all these great players. And then they put a question to Thierry Henry specifically about an American <laughs> player, specifically about Pulisic. Yeah. Or like they reference Clint Dempsey, who's also at the desk. Vince, put, step into Thierry Henry's custom-fitted suit. What is going through his mind whenever he goes from talking about Mbappe and Messi to having to answer this question about Christian Pulisic, who just played 15 minutes and uh, was largely right, right. didn't do much right. to the game? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like I, like, I know he has to get sick of it at some point because, yeah, like, like you said, it's like we got these big players playing. We got big-time performances. We got big-time ramifications on the line. You know, with Barca not making it to knockouts and things like that. And – I at home am, am feeling like this is kind of force fed. Yeah. So I so I know Thierry is like, I mean, come on again. Like I I, I know he knows that he was working for CBS. You know what I'm saying? But I, I I know in his mind he has to be like, yo, come on, come on. We need to talk about the the big players and what what that what's really going on here, not this uh bit player for Chelsea. Do you think Do you think Thierry Henry respects Clint Dempsey as a player? I think about that yes. all the time. You do? I, that I think so because he did his he did his bit at Fulham. Uh, yeah, I think so. He did his bit in Fulham. He did his bit in in European competition. I I think he respects Clint. Yes. I I'll get I'll I'll give full disclosure to everybody out there. I love Thierry Henry's takes on CBS. I love hearing his perspective. To me, he's he's a top of the food chain athlete. He's a guy that became one of the absolute best players of his generation. Um, just a, a Ballon d'Or type top five player in the world uh, at his peak. And players like that, I mean, to steal a phrase, you know, they have the Mamba mentality. He's like Kobe Bryant. He's like Michael Jordan. He's like these uh, top of the food chain elite athletes. And they see the world differently, man. They, they have yeah. a different level of competitiveness and a different expectation for themselves and for their teammates. And, and they don't suffer fools. They expect the player to make that play. They expect themselves to make that play. And whenever they see players who just aren't quite on that level and people are pretending like they are, uh, they don't, you know, they're not going to beat around the bush whenever it comes to that type of thing. And, and I really appreciate hearing his perspective in that way. Now, at the same time, it is only his perspective, and, and that is a perspective of someone who sees the world through those super freak eyes of the super competitive, super elite athlete. Um, and, and, you know, there are certainly other perspectives out there. It is interesting to hear the juxtaposition between Henri and somebody like Micah Richards, who 
while he had a great career and was a great player, just never was at the 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 peak the way that Chris Rich, that way Henri was, or somebody like Mo Adu and Clint Dempsey, guys who uh, were very good got got to the uh, got to their national team and played at a high level, but weren't on that level of their uh, of their careers where they were among the best players in the world um all these different perspectives are interesting and all add something but i i do appreciate that unfiltered uh, uh terry Henry just absolute evisceration of uh whatever he sees in front of him uh brad you have anything to add to the end of that not really i mean look we can always just hold over the fact that he wasn't a good enough coach to coach an mls <laughs> yeah i mean uh, in the fallout of all that i saw yeah. an absolute scorching take from eric winaldo who just absolutely took down thierry Henry and finished it with like he was a terrible he was a great player and a terrible coach which is like yeah. oh man uh i, I felt like I, I if i recall thierry Henry ended his coaching career in mls because he wanted to be closer to his family um in france uh, which either could be true or could be uh, a way for him to get out of a tough situation. Either way, I, I don't know. Thierry Henry reached a level as a player, but I don't think he had to prove anything else in his coaching career. I mean, he'll he'll be that dude to the day that he dies. Uh, but I, I think this is a good place to end it. Uh, Vince, I, I want to give you the last word. Um, I, I want you to, to look into the camera and, and, and let everybody know who, who might be uh, worried about this World Cup that's approaching, worried that this might be a three and out for the U.S. and, and that we're going to get embarrassed. I want you to deliver that speech and tell them why they should be fired up and tell them why the U.S. is going to get out of the group. Well, <laughs> and believe it, Vince, believe it. I mean, if I can keep it simple, man, I'm going I'm, I'm to say MMA. MMA, McKinney, Musa, Tyler Adams. I, me personally, I'm putting that midfield up against anybody. If we if we have those three, I'm putting I'm putting them up. Yeah, against against anyone in in the absolute world. I'm backing them boys to to just do their thing, to win duels, to recover possession, to to keep the ball when needed, and I think they're gonna be to success. And and, and you know it, it's been a it's been a little process for Weston at this beginning of the season, but but we're seeing that he's 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 chugging into form now. It, it takes a while. It always takes a while for Weston, but you know he's solidified that spot in the Juventus lineup, and the the performances are starting to to get stacked on top of each other. And you know we see what Tyler's doing specifically. I mean he's absolutely balling, and Eunice is too, and. Like I said, Liverpool's I'm, I'm targeting I'm, him. Huh? Liverpool's targeting him. Right, right. So I'm uh basically my the, the reason why I still have faith is just those three guys. Those three guys together, when when they're together, man, they just it, it's something that becomes more uh something that's greater than the sum of the parts. And so I, I just don't see anybody anybody really stopping us with those three. I'm seeing a little bit of an anti-McKinney movement right now on Twitter. I don't know if you've if you've noticed that, where I see people saying that it should be uh, Musa, Adams, and Geo, or Musa, Adams, and Aronson in that midfield. What do you do? You have any response to the uh, to the to the anti-McKinney movement that's that's starting right now? I just I I have a little sympathy for it, especially if we go with the uh, the double pivot shape. 
that we showed against uh, Morocco and Uruguay in that June window. But I just feel like Weston is like, you know, you talked about um, having that 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 Clint Dempsey moment. Um, Weston's like the heart of the heart and soul of the team, to me. Um, that's the way I view it. So I think um, I, I think we have to have him out there. When when the going gets tough, he's he's the one that he's the one that gets going, man. We saw it in the Nations League final. You know what I'm saying? Uh, basically, and in the whole Nations League, really, all the goals we scored came as a result of Weston in his head mostly. But um, what well, Waki's actually been saying this a lot on the Monday Review for us to get out the group, we need a we need a Weston header uh, header goal, and I I think we do. <laughs> that seems to be Absolutely. one of our our more consistent revenue streams is Weston's head for sure. So we we he has to be out there, man. I mean, we need goals by any means necessary. We've been struggling to get them um, in, in all ways at this point. So, yeah, those set-piece goals, those Weston McKinney goals. I think the big thing is what kind of Weston McKinney are we going to get? Are we going to get the Weston McKinney who played against Japan? Or are we going to get that great Weston McKinney that we absolutely know he can be where he's dominating on offense, he's dominating on defense, he's making 40-yard runs to shut down counterattacks, he's making 40-yard runs to join counterattacks for the U.S.'s side. He's flying through the air. He's winning every ball, and he's just being that absolute beast. That guy who, I mean, just retired Hector Herrera in for, in the U.S.-Mexico right. game uh, right. in November. I mean, on, just embarrassed them boys out there. If you saw if you saw Ache Ache's face after that match, he looked like he had just been ran through a, a washing machine and dryer. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he came. He was like. Yeah, he was looking right. around like, bro, what just happened to me? And that that's the effect that MMA can have, man. It's just so active, so much activity, man. And and Eunice just making everybody look stupid. Uh, it's it's gonna happen. It's it's happening. Brad, I want to give you a final word. You know, we we've been having these um these discussions week over week, and I think as we get as we're getting closer to the World Cup, it feels like we're ramping up a little bit. It feels like the excitement is building a little bit more and more after we really, I mean, we were in the lowest of lows after the uh, Japan and Saudi Arabia games. Are are you getting a little bit more excited? Is the results in the Champions League from some of the players getting you a little bit more excited? Is there a little bit more belief in this team? Yes, I just I just want to uh, say one thing. I think that double pivot with Geo playing more centrally could be could be interesting, and I wouldn't be surprised if it came out in it versus England, actually. Um, but uh, back to your question, one of the things I mean, a lot of everything gets me excited every time an American does anything. I get excited because I'm I mean I'm a nut. I mean I'm wearing my 2014 jersey because I was thinking about Sergio Des quote about. Uh, Jermaine Jones's goal. I remember when Jermaine Jones scored that goal, I was freaking out of my parents' litter. It was amazing. And it's, it's always the best. And I think one of the things that's going to put a lot of eyeballs in this is I'm really excited for the Netflix documentary about FIFA that's coming out. I think that's going to drum up a lot of excitement because we all know, I mean, I've been, I don't know if you guys have been listening to the um, Men and Blazers and Pod Save America guys about the World, the World Corrupt podcast. I think that's really interesting. And I think there's going to be a lot of eyeballs on this uh, World Cup. And even though it is uh, in a congested time zone in American sports, but I think there's always a reason to believe. And, and, and I think there's always, I mean, we, we, we were founded on optimism. We were founded on, we can, we can always be better. And there's always, 
a great big beautiful tomorrow to borrow a quote from Walt Disney. Yes, I am that big of a nerd. There always is a reason for us to have hope. And every time Christian Pulisic gets a semi-assist, according to Thierry Henry in the Champions League, every time Gio, I mean, if he scores again, I mean, by the way, how much could you just see that kid just have like a two-ton boulder lifted off his shoulder when he scored that goal this week? Oh, yeah. It was amazing. I mean, there's always going to be something if Josh Sargent scoring in the championship or if um, Ricardo Pepe, God bless his agent, because he's scoring goals and he's going to come into the World Cup with confidence. We're going to do it. I don't care. Every single time that happens, I go, you know what? If we spring a surprise against, if we just do something, I mean, yes, it could be, you know, just a little something from Serginio Desk in AC Milan that gets me excited, but I'm always going to get excited. And I think that if we get one or two big moments, the, the momentum that this tournament can carry over into 2026, the sport that we love will be just on the front page everywhere. I mean, I didn't even know this, but in 1994, not all the games were broadcast live in the U.S. The, the tournament was in the U.S. Now we're living in this soccer utopia, basically. We can watch anything anywhere. And guess what? There are American kids doing it for you can when you turn on your TV and it's going to be fine. We're going to be great. We're going to be three and out, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> no, no shot. Bro, and, and, and that's, the, pull something out. that's the thing for me, man. Like, that's why I'm here, man. I'm here to have fun. I'm here to have hope. I'm here to just. I, I'm, I'm, I believe I'm, and believe. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm just. I'm here to have fun, man. And being all doom and gloom, that's not fun. That's not fun. Look, uh, I mean, win, lose, draw. I'm gonna I'm gonna be with I'm gonna be with my guys, man. Like I'll back them through thick and thin, back them through anything. So here we go. I mean, World Cup, man. We made it. You know what I'm saying? We made it. We made it's it. It's been a long time. Like we're <laughs> It's, it's so been a long might... four years. It absolutely has. Well, really five years if you think about when we were eliminated. I mean right. Yeah, and and I, I've been thinking about this too. If we show, if if and when we show well, the World Cup, the next World Cup, twenty twenty six here, isn't four years away. It's three and a half, a little bit less yeah. than three and a half years away. Yeah. And there's going to be a year long rollout to it, so it's not going to be that far away. It's not like we're going to be sitting on our hands for so long. It's going to be coming thick and fast. Mm-hmm. All right, boys, I think that's a good place to wrap it up. Just to review, just to bring it all around. Uh, we're not sure if this is the most important World Cup uh, in American soccer history. We do think this could be the World Cup that really launches our first um, true American celebrities in, in, in pop culture um, from this World Cup. We really think that Weston McKinney is going to be that guy that uh, America falls in love with, though we think that Brennan Aronson might be the guy that low-key dates a celebrity somehow, just pops up on a red carpet. I, I can, That is such a good take, man. Um, the, 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 the opponents that the U.S. are facing in, in Wales and Iran, um, they're giving us a little bit of hope that things might not be so great on the uh, – the grass might not be greener on the other side of the field, which means that the U.S., maybe we can you know catch a team while it's down, catch them slipping, um, and get by. And – Thierry Henry might be an enemy of American soccer at this point. I, I, that, that we might have to come out with that. I, I think that that's the uh, hey. We're still optimistic. We think we're not sure. Yeah. Yes. 
Yes. Yes, absolutely. Without a doubt. This is the country that brought you Ted Lasso. Yes, we're optimistic. <laughs> yeah, one thing about a, a following soccer is that you get to see like some of the other fans from other uh, other countries and and one thing that really a juxtaposition between the american fans and fans from other countries is we are just an optimistic and at times arrogant um at, at times overly excited culture and and we're going to be coming in with the optimism and we're going to be celebrating our boys and if they pull off that win against england we're going to be like i told you so i knew it i knew it all right, guys, My let's wrap it up the right there. Vince, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. Really appreciate it. Some really great takes. Uh, tell everybody where they can follow you if they want to get more Vince in their life. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you follow me on Twitter at uh, V underscore uh, so spiffy. Um, Scuff Podcast, you know what I'm saying? We're, we're about to – most of our Monday reviews have been behind the paywall on Patreon, but uh, we're going to make most of them public leading up to the World Cup so you can catch me, Bells, Waki doing our thing we got a historic review coming out we're reviewing 2010 england um that'll that'll be coming out soon on the public feed so man just the scuff podcast man just uh follow follow the uh follow scuff pod on twitter um and subscribe on any podcast app yeah, follow the Scuff Podcast, become a, a Patreon member. You can get access to the uh, to the Discord, which is which is very lively. I, I kind of lurk there. I don't really ever comment, uh, but I, I do appreciate the Scuff Podcast. One of my absolute favorite listens. Uh, guys, thank you so much for watching. If you're not yet a subscriber, please consider subscribing to the channel. We got... Uh, we're going to have a ton of American soccer coming up leading up to the uh, World Cup. And during the World Cup, we're going to be trying to uh, push out as much content as we can possibly deliver to all you guys. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, yeah, as Tom says, hit the like button uh, so more people get to see this video. Um, and, and if you really want to support the channel and take that next step, you can become a member. Um, as a member, you're directly supporting the channel. You get access to badges and some other uh, behind-the-scenes cool perks. Thank you guys so much for watching. On behalf of Brad and Vince, my name is Sam, and this is the Yank Report brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.